We are continuing our sermon series, and it is a heart like David. Uh, and today we're looking at David the Persecuted, week three. And I'd like to read to you from 1 Samuel, uh, from verse 19, from verse, uh, chapter 19, from verse 8 to, uh, to 18. And I'm reading from the New International Version. Once more war broke out, and David went out and fought the Philistines. He struck them with such force that they fled before him. But an evil spirit from the Lord came on Saul as he was sitting in his house with his spear in his hand. While David was playing the lyre, Saul tried uh, to pin him to the wall with his spear. But David eluded him as Saul drove the spear into the wall. That night David made good his escape. Saul sent men to David's house to watch it and to kill him in the morning. But Michelle, David's wife, warned him, If you don't run from your life t tonight, tomorrow you'll be killed. So Michelle let David down through a window, and he fled and escaped. Then Michelle took an idol and laid it on the bed, covering it with a garment and putting some goat's hair at the head. When Saul sent the men to capture David, Michelle said, He is ill. Then Saul sent the men back to see David and told them, Bring him up to me in his bed so that I may kill him. But when the men entered, there was the idol in the bed and the head was some goat's hair. Saul said to Michelle, Why did you deceive me like this and send my enemy away so that he escaped? Michelle told him, He said to me, Let me get away. Why should I kill you? When David had fled and made his escape, he went to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. Then, uh, then he and Samuel went to Nath and stayed there. And this is the word of God this morning. <clears throat> I'd also like to read to you John 15. It's not on the, on the screen, but just listen to these words. If the world hates you, Keep in mind that it hates me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. Today we're looking at the persecution, David the persecuted. Do any of you know any persecuted stories of somebody that has been persecuted in life? I'd like to read to you this story of Solomon. Not the Solomon of the Bible, but a Solomon, his name was Solomon. And he lived, he was a young man who lived in a country where he was persecuted for his faith. Solomon and his father were confronted about their faith by their neighbors whom they had treated with kindness always. The neighbors confronted them with machetes, machine guns and difficult questions. After 
his father was killed and Solomon was soaked with fuel or petrol, he refused to denounce his faith. I will not turn back, he said. So Solomon's neighbors set him on fire. Though Solomon lost his father and nearly lost his life that day, he does not regret the pain or the scars. He says, Christ suffered to save me. So I feel I'm prepared to suffer in persecution for the salvation I have in him. Because we can learn so much of this Solomon. That he's able to, to not renounce his faith. That he's able to stand up for his faith. And maybe we encounter persecution. And maybe we remember and trust in Jesus as Jesus himself was persecuted. The word persecution means the following. is suffering or being mistreated because of our religion, our ethnic group, our social class or our political ideal. It may include being harassed, mocked, beaten, forced out of our home, jailed or even killed simple way to explain persecution is that it is a group of a group who is mistreating one another because they are different in some way today's story is about david and his persecution in order to give you this bit of background we need to go back uh, to 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 what uh, what happened to david we know that Samuel comes and he anoints David, right? He anoints him. He brings uh, the father, Jesse, brings the seven brothers out. And uh, Samuel says to each one of them, no, 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 no. It's not you. It's not the one God chose. It's not the one God chose. And then, then Jesse brings the last son, the nobody, the one that's, the, that's the, the shepherd. And he anoints him because that's God's son. That's the one that God wants to be anointed and then last week Luke spoke to us about the giant <laughs> about David and Goliath and today we need to see how how all this fits into place I think Pixie touched on it it's saying David was a nobody who loved God and became a somebody who killed Goliath and then in doing that became um, part of Saul's family, you can say. Because in, by killing Goliath, he was also promised that he would uh, receive uh, one of the daughters. The problem is, is that poor Saul, you can imagine, he is king. And now all of a sudden there's somebody that is smaller than him in stature but that is greater than him because the people were shouting out they were saying Saul has slain these thousands he's thousand and David he's tens of thousands because every time Saul uh, wanted something done he called on David he got jealous because he said that there was a little boy named Tim and other people got jealous of what he was doing what he said. He was using his gift to write a poem. 
David was using his gift of being anointed, but loving God and having a heart for God and having a heart of God. He was only doing the best he could do. He loved Saul, but Saul couldn't stand that there was somebody that is going to take over from him. Somebody that would, that would hurt, you know, that would hurt his image. I wonder how you feel about that. How you feel about that happening in your life or in my life. One of the things that happen in the ministry so often is that somebody takes over from somebody else. Reverend Bill Meeker, Reverend Derek Wilson has been in these situations many a times. Is that you stay at a congregation for a long time and then somebody else comes and takes over. You know, and sometimes in the ministry there's the underlying competition that takes place. Okay, and we're just very, very blessed here at MCNE that we don't care about those things. Okay, because if we did, we would have a big, big problem. Because we have young Luke, we have, uh, I wasn't going to say old, uh, <laughs> experienced Derek and, uh, and Bill and myself. Okay, and so if, if in that there could be a lot of jealousy, there could be a lot of infighting, but there isn't because we are able to, to get along. We're able to see that each one of us have different gifts. But so often the persecution that takes place, and with David as well, the persecution that takes place is a persecution of jealousy, of not being able to relinquish those reins and give it over, hand it over. So continuously we see that Saul puts David in a situation where he needs to either fight, okay, uh, the, the, I almost say Pharisees, the, <laughs> the, the Philistines, to fight the Philistines and continuously he's placed in those circumstances where he has to fight for his life. But every time he fights, because he knows that he's anointed, he knows that he's a son of God, but that he is dedicated to his king. And yet, Saul continuously, continuously wants to kill him. So I'd like you to go and read chapter 18 to 24, because that tells you exactly what happens. It tells you that there's some place where... where um, at En Gedi, where uh, they go into a cave, okay? David is running from Saul because he's scared. And he's got a group of guys that are with him that, that, that are able to fight. And he goes into the cave, and they're right in the back of the cave. And Saul comes in to use the toilet. <laughs> and the guys say to him, hey, you know what? You've been blessed. Why don't you take Saul out right now and stop this persecution? Stop this. And David walks up and he cuts a piece of material off of, his, uh, of Saul's jacket right there where he's busy. <laughs> Can you imagine? Eh? In that space. But he cuts a piece off and he, gives, and, he, and he walks away very quietly. And Saul comes out. Think of that, there's nobody or nothing. And while he, when he's just away, David comes and he shouts out, he says, King Saul, 
Why are you persecuting me? Why are you doing this? What have I done to you? See, David had the opportunity to kill Saul. But he didn't. Because he had God on his side. He didn't want to take revenge for something. So often when people are jealous of somebody else and they need to fight back, they take revenge. Have we done it? I think we have in some way. We like to hurt each other, say things that are unkind. And you know what David does? He says, I know what you've done. I know you want to kill me. But in this persecution, I want to say that God is on my side. God will give me the strength and the ability to do what needs to be done. I don't have to kill you to prove a point. It would make things a lot easier. There would be no more persecution. But David says, I found refuge in God. Listen to these words again from Psalm 142. It says, With my voice I cry out to the Lord. With my voice I plead for mercy to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before Him. I tell my trouble before Him. All of us are being persecuted in one way or another. Just look at the person sitting next to you. There's something funny on their face. Okay. Except for Bill. (laughs) But there's a mask on your face. It's not supposed to be there. It's not a natural thing. It feels as though we're being persecuted for something somehow. And the only way we can do and deal with this is if we give it over to God. If we actually sit and pray and say, Lord, we have no control over this. Yes, you might be able to go for the the jab. You might be able to keep your space. You might be able to wear a mask. But ultimately it is God that can bring us through this persecution. Not ourselves. You see, David found refuge in God. Continuously he goes and he prays. Continuously he asks God, Lord, show me what to do. He also found strength in being persecuted. He did the diligent work that he needed to do. He looked after Saul. He played even the harp. He must have sang to him. When he was in a bad place, he never said anything bad about him. He couldn't understand why Saul was doing this. But he remembered that God had called him. And he rested in that hope. But one more thing is that he saw opportunities... um, To strengthen his faith. Maybe like Jesus was persecuted for us. David made the first, made that first impact. He took the opportunities to say, I love you. 
I care about you. I don't want to kill you. Isn't that hard to say to your enemies? You know, somebody that's hurt you or betrayed you or, or you know, looked the other way when you were needing help or I was needing help. I know. It's very, very difficult to look at that person, to, to have faith in that person again. But maybe it's an opportunity, a great opportunity, to do the right thing. Not to kill Saul, but to love him. The Bible actually says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Pray for your enemy. Feed your enemy. <laughs> Who's your enemy? Who's my enemy? I love giving hugs. I really do. You know why? Because I'm not just six foot four for nothing. Okay? I don't like fighting, but when somebody is able, if somebody gets, you know, gets under my skin, I'm able to, to just embrace them. Okay? <laughs> and just hold them. And they can't say anything. Okay? And maybe that's what you have to do. It's just embrace, love, care. You don't have to use your fists. You can use your arms. Right? In a good way. And that's what David teaches us. Even in persecution, use the opportunities to make the best out of a bad situation. Maybe it's at school, Mark. You know? Maybe it's the teachers. Maybe it's the children. They're all going on holiday, I pray. That you also get a break. But it's just that. It's in the persecution you use the opportunities to make something better, to say something better. The nicest thing to say is that, and I've told this story before, my dad, and he's probably watching me now, is my dad never used to say to anybody, I love you. My dad says it to us, his boys, you know, and his wife, but... You know when a man hugs a man, you know, there's always a, a thing. My dad, he loves to, to just me, that's why I, where I learned it, is to hug somebody. And the other day at church, he walked up to one of his friends and he said, and he hugged him and he said, I just want to tell you, my brother, I love you. I love you. And that's not something guys do, you know. But he didn't. And the guy just stood back and he says, Wow, Ralph, thank you. Thank you. I love you too. And if we can, in our persecution, just love each other, just encourage each other, just spend time with each other, what a much better place we will have. We will not feel lost or depressed or lonely or sore. But we'll feel loved and encouraged. In South Africa, we have a lot of persecution taking place. People are being persecuted for being the wrong color, for being the wrong ethnicity, for being the wrong faith, for being the wrong sex, the wrong gender. And if we could only love those people, encourage those people, instead of persecuting those people, what a better place South Africa would be.
So that's what I'd leave you with, Pixie. Can I give them something to? Can I give them something to do next week? <laughs> right? It's like go and love somebody. Like David loved Saul. He didn't understand why uh, Saul was persecuting him. Because he had done everything for him. But maybe that's what we could do this week. And so, God bless you and keep you. May his light shine upon you this week. And may you be just like David. Just a little bit like David. Let us pray. Mighty Lord God, we thank you for your love. We thank you, Lord, that you gave David a heart like yours. That's so encouraging, Lord. Because that heart that you have for us is so incredible. And so lead us to become more like you. To become just like you. If David, who was a nobody, who became a somebody, to do something wonderful for you, then Lord, you could use us too. Lord, we pray for all those people that are being persecuted for their faith. We pray, Lord, that you will just be with them right now in this place. That no harm will come over them. That they will feel loved. That the persecuted, those that are persecuting them, will also know that what they're doing is wrong. That they need to be encouraged to stop to be encouraged to love and to forgive and to stop being jealous like Saul was. And so, Lord, be with us today here in this place. We pray for all our family and with all our friends, those that are lost or those that are destitute, those that are lonely, those that are sick, those that need your love more than anything today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.